Ephesus was not tolerating evil, but they were lacking love. But here Thyatira was gaining in love, but they were allowing evil. This has to be addressed. Welcome to In Grace with Jim Scudder Jr. He is the senior pastor of Quentin Road Baptist Church in Lake Zurich, Illinois, as well as the host of In Grace Radio and TV. Welcome back to In Grace and to our series, Armageddon's Dawn. I don't know about you, but it seems like the Lord's return is soon. And I felt that really my whole life. And now I'm into my 53rd year of life. And it seems like he's a lot closer today than he ever has been. And so I hope that this is something that it resonates with you to, to know what the Bible has to say about the end times and to be prepared and serving the Lord in this time that we live. Now, what we're going to do today is talk more about what does Jesus think of my church? Jesus talks in the first three chapters of Revelation to seven churches. We're still talking about the first one today, Ephesus, and they were doing so many great things, but they had left their first love. And we have to be careful about this. Why? Because we need to serve the Lord motivated out of love. Now, there's other reasons to serve him. There's rewards. There's people that are going to be in heaven. It's the right thing to do. But if we're not serving him because we love him, those other things aren't going to really sustain us and get us through the hard times. And so let's learn that lesson. And we're going to learn about what Jesus says about Smyrna, Pergamos, Thyatira for the rest of today's message. And I hope that this is a blessing to you. We have the entire Armageddon's Dawn audio series. There's 43 sermons in the series, and it's just under $30. So it's a really good value. You can get that on our website, ingraceradio.com. When you go to our website, you can also order a prophecy chart that follows along everything I'm teaching, and that's absolutely free. Call us at 1-800-78-GRACE or go to the website, ingraceradio.com. Also, I'd like to invite those of you listening in Arizona to come to our event called Gather in Grace. I'm not certain that we have tickets left. We had a limited number of free tickets and we pre-record these, so I'm not sure if there's some left, but you can go to our website. We would love to meet you. I know we have a lot of listeners in the Phoenix area and other places in Arizona, and it's on Saturday, February 3rd, so it's coming up. We would love to meet you. Contact us on our website, ingraceradio.com. Click on Gather in Grace, and there you'll get your free ticket. I'll be speaking on the end times and Israel, as well as giving you some nice free things and also uh, some food and music. And it's just going to be a lovely time. Can't wait to meet you there in Arizona. Look at Israel. They forgot all that God had saved them from out of Egypt. They had forgot all the persecution and hardship. And the, they were slaves. They had a terrible life. But all they remember when they got into the desert, they started complaining. Oh, remember all the great food we had in Egypt and all this stuff? Man, remember what God has done for you. Remember, therefore, from whence thou art fallen and repent and do the first works or else I will come unto thee quickly. Do you remember in Acts it started off with, man, these people were excited and everyone was excited, all things in common. They've lost that excitement. Yeah, they're still doing it, but they're not doing it with the proper motivation of love for Jesus Christ. So he says, get back to that. This is easy. Or we'll remove thy candlestick out of its place. God can and will remove the church from that location, from that place. This is important to God. Verse seven, he that hath an ear, let him hear. How many of you have an ear? You have an ear, let us hear. Let us hear 
what the Spirit saith unto the churches, to him that overcometh. Who is the overcomer? And you're gonna see that over and over in these two chapters. The overcomer is the one that has put their faith in Jesus Christ. You have overcome the world because you've trusted in the one that overcame the world, the one that overcame the devil, the one that overcame sin. You're in him. He is in you. You are an overcomer. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the tree of life. I can't wait to eat of that tree, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. And then we come to the next church, which is Smyrna. It says in Revelation 2.8, and unto the angel of the church at Smyrna. That is the crown church or the martyr age. Smyrna actually means bitter. It means myrrh, which is bitter, which has the connotation of suffering. You say, well, I don't like this. I, I want to be prosperity driven in my relationship to the Lord. God wants me to be wealthy and drive a nice car and have a nice house. You know, that might not be the case for you. It might, but it might not be. That's not why you serve the Lord. That's what a lot of TV preachers will tell you, but that's not what the Bible tells you. Here's why. Because we come to a church, there's only two churches that don't have any condemnation, any criticism of Jesus. This is one of them, Smyrna. Smyrna, just straight up the coast a little bit from Ephesus. And here we have the second church, the, the church that is the suffering church. It says back in Revelation 2, look at verse 9, I know thy works and tribulation and poverty. You know that word poverty means abstract poverty. It doesn't just mean you're so poor you have to eat beans and rice and macaroni and cheese. Some of you love macaroni and cheese and beans and rice. But you're so poor you can't even buy food. Okay? Do you understand what this, mean, this word means as poverty? But what does Jesus say about these Christians? But thou art, say it, rich. If you don't have much, it's fine because you can still be rich in the eyes of the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 10, but thou faithful unto death, I will give thee a crown of life. This is today a city called Izmir. It's a city where, at the time, anyone refusing to call Caesar God would be persecuted, excluded from the unions, the guilds. This would mean unemployment. This would mean abstract poverty. And this church, there are no words of condemnation. They did not have the approval of men, right? They were kicked out, basically, of society. They couldn't have a job because they took a stand for righteousness. They said, I'm not going to bow to false gods. And they paid a price. This will separate people that are in church just for show. If you lose your job because of your faith, you're going to have to really decide, is this real? Do I really know the Savior? Have I trusted in him alone? And then... Will I do the right thing when it comes to making these decisions? Well, they did. And they didn't have the approval of men, but here they had the approval of God. What do you want? What are you looking for? They were poor, abstract poor. They didn't have anyone in town saying that they were doing good, but God gives them approval. This is marvelous. I hope that this is what you want from the Lord as his approval on your life, on what you do. And then it says, be faithful unto death and I will give thee a crown of life. There's a special crown. 
man, let's just say you're very, very poor, but you love the Lord and you're serving him faithfully all your life and you're suffering for the Lord, but then let's say your life is 60, 70, 80 years long and then you have the rest of eternity when you will have a special crown from Jesus Christ, a special recognition from the one who saved you for all eternity, do the math. This is incredible. This is wonderful. There is a cost to be a dedicated Christian, and I believe that cost is going to getting larger and larger as we get nearer and nearer to the end. The world hates people that say there is one way, one truth, and one life. The world says everybody's right except for Bible-believing Christians. There's going to be a day, I think, very soon that we will suffer some sort of persecution for what we believe. The next church is Pergamos or Pergamum. You'll see it different, spelled different ways. In verse 12 and 13, this is the compromising church, the pagan age. To the angel of the church of Pergamos write, verse 13, I know thy works and where thou dwellest, even where Satan's seat is. How would you like to be known as the town that has Satan's seat? And thou holdest fast my name, and thou hast not denied my faith. Well, this seems like a church that's off to a good start. This is the church of Pergamum or Pergamos. Look back at our map. Here you see the church is straight up from Smyrna. It's not right on the coast, but it's still coastal. This is a city that had the temple of Caesar Augustus there, which makes it a royal city. They said that Augustus would come to this beautiful city whenever the climate was cold in Rome. He would come here to Pergamos. Pergamum also had great temples. Not only did it have these great temples to idolatry, but also had the greatest library in the pagan world. They said the library there at Pergamum had over 200,000 volumes. Now, that doesn't sound impressive because our libraries will have millions of volumes, but this was before printing. In other words, these were handwritten volumes. That's impressive, isn't it? 200,000. As a matter of fact, Mark Antony gave his girlfriend this library, Cleopatra. She took it, brought it to Alexandria. Those books in Alexandria were from Pergamos. In Revelation 2.14, so we've heard that Jesus is commending them, holding fast his name and not denying the faith, but verse 14, I have a few things against thee because thou hast there them that hold the doctrine of Balaam. What is the doctrine of Balaam? We don't have time to go into all this. I'll just tell you real quick. Balaam was a prophet of God in Israel. Balak, the Moabite king, asked Balaam to come over and give him a way to curse Israel. He wanted to destroy Israel. And through a, a lot of interesting things, you need to read that story, where even a donkey smarter than him, God overwrote that treacherous deed that could have happened. So Balaam did not curse Israel. He actually blessed Israel. But in the middle of their conversation, Balaam and Balak did come up with a way to destroy Israel. And it wasn't an army conquest. It was actually very subtle and incipient. They figured out that the way to conquer Israel was not by coming against them militarily, but by saying, you know what? Let's just all be friends. Let's just all get together and then, you know, you can just marry our Moabite women. And little by little, things started to change. 
It wasn't a big military conquest, but it was still a conquest because of fornication and idolatry eventually set in, and that destroyed Israel from within. So what was happening here in Pergamum was something that must have been similar to that. That people were saying, oh, just a little prayer and a little incense to Caesar is okay, just so we can keep our job and, and we don't have to move out of our nice house. Just a little compromise is okay. Is a little compromise okay? It is not. Why? Because it leads to corruption. And we know that Jesus was saying the church in Pergamos had let these errors in. They weren't dealing with these errors. And he says in verse 16, repent or else I will come unto thee quickly and will fight against them with the sword of my mouth. If you want to learn more about the Bible's end time prophecies, In Grace and Pastor Jim Scudder have great resources that will help you. First, we have a large prophecy chart that we will send you absolutely free. And when you give a gift of any amount, you'll also receive our eight-part video series, Armageddon's Dawn, filmed in Israel. This series will give you a visual experience that will transport you to the very places mentioned in Revelation. We also would like to send you Pastor Jim's entire 43-sermon audio series, Armageddon's Dawn, on CD or MP3 for gifts of $30. Don't miss out on this opportunity to enrich your understanding of biblical prophecy. Contact In Grace today at 800-78-GRACE. That's 800-78-GRACE. Visit our website at ingraceradio.com or write to InGrace at P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Get your free prophecy chart and unlock the secrets of the end times today. There are two men that loved baseball, and they would always talk about baseball. They had played baseball when they were younger, and they would always talk about, I wonder if there's baseball in heaven. So one guy was on his deathbed, and he called his friend. He said, listen, I want you to go find this out for me. Is there baseball in heaven? And the guy said it kind of in his last breath, yeah, I'll, I'll let you know. And he dies. And then the man that's still living in his sleep, he's old too, he hears his friend's voice in a dream. And his friend says, I want to tell you there is baseball in heaven. This friend said, oh, that's wonderful. But he says, here's the bad news. You're up. There is a point in which God will say enough is enough. Enough is enough. And he was saying, listen, this church is not going to continue in that way because it will corrode. It will corrupt. And we know that's what happened because let's look at the last church of this chapter. The fourth church is Thyatira, the corrupted church. And we believe this to be the dark ages around 600 AD to about 1500 AD. Verse 18 of Revelation 12. And unto the church in Thyatira, unto the angel of the church in Thyatira write, these things saith the Son of God who hath his eyes like unto a flame of fire and his feet like fine brass. Do you remember when we talked about that before in chapter one? Jesus, his eyes of fire. In other words, he can gaze through something and get right to the truth. There's no mask, there's no facade. He's omniscient. He knows it all. And then it says his feet like fine brass. His feet symbolize an all-encircling power or Jesus' omnipotence, his all-powerfulness. Thyatira, the smallest city, but the most is said by Jesus to this city. 
And it boasted a special temple to Apollo, the sun god, which is kind of interesting that here it's referred to Jesus as the son of God. Of course, that's S-O-N, but Thyatira was a military town. It was a commercial center. It was a center of especially one industry, and this was the dyeing industry. Thyatira was a center of dyeing fabrics. Do you remember Lydia? Lydia, who was met in, in Europe, in Philippi, she was Paul's first convert. And she came from Thyatira. The guilds, or the unions, were part of your job, part of your life in that guild. If you wanted to be in that guild, you would have to pay homage to these pagan gods. Apollo, Artemis, these pagan gods were worshipped in this city. And the members of the guild were obligated to attend festivals in honor of these gods. And they, were, they had to be eating of the meat that was in those temples. And they had to indulge in the sexual promiscuity that was going on in those temples. And if you didn't do these things, you wouldn't have your job. Of course, that led to unemployment and poverty for these, for these Christians. Look at verse 19. I know thy works and thy charity and services and faith and thy patience and thy works, the last to be more than the first. This doesn't sound like a church that's doing bad, does it? It doesn't sound like a church that is corrupted. Well, if you have everything right, but you have one thing wrong, it doesn't make everything right, does it? That one thing wrong can corrupt all those good things that you're doing. These believers were busy. They had works. The works were characterized by faith and love and patience. But just because you have love, now remember Ephesus didn't have love. They had love here in Thyatira. But love doesn't overrule not addressing doctrinal problems, not addressing problems that are within the church. You have to have both. It's like the woman that went to an allergist and she got the test done. I don't know if you have allergies, but I have allergies. When I went to the allergist, they poke you with all these different allergens. They like put dust, you know, and cat. And cat was like, you know, that's why I don't like cats. I'm not going to say any more. But, um, you know, then whatever one swells up a little bit, they know you're allergic to it. So I'm allergic to like everything, almost everything. So this lady got the list of all the things she was allergic to. She put it on the counter, went about by her business. Her husband came home and was like, you know, I wanted to do something nice for the wife. So she took the list and went to the grocery store and bought everything on that list. So he had good intentions and sincerity but it doesn't matter if you have good intentions and sincerity. If you're doing it wrong, buying your wife all the things that she's allergic to isn't a good thing. Ephesus was not tolerating evil, but they were lacking love. But here Thyatira was gaining in love, but they were allowing evil. This has to be addressed. Now, what is this evil? Look at verse 20. Nevertheless, I have a few things against thee, because thou sufferest that woman Jezebel which calleth herself a prophetess to teach and seduce my servants to commit fornication, to eat things sacrificed unto idols. She had brought in paganism into the church. The pastor was not um, doing his job. The elders weren't doing his job. Her husband wasn't doing his job. And she was allowed to teach error and immorality within the church. They were tolerating evil. They had the other things in abundance. They had a lot of things going good. 
But this one thing they had wrong. Sometimes we think everything is great. We, we're doing great, but we are missing something. It's like the rookie pitcher. The manager put him in. He walked the first five guys. The manager pulled him out. The rookie slammed down his glove and said, oh man, I had a no-hitter going. We can't miss the obvious. And the obvious is we cannot tolerate evil in our mists. You say, well, we want to reach the lost. Yes, but we still have to be a voice for righteousness in our community, in our city, in our state. We need to love people, but we need to love them enough to tell them the truth. We've got to tell them that God has created us in a unique way, that uh, he made us male and female, that now this whole gender neutral thing, and we're going to raise our children gender neutral, is, is terrible because it's confusing people. It's muddying what God created us for. And we can just go through the list of the errors that are in our society today. And we need to speak up. We need to speak up for those innocent little babies that are being murdered before they're born. If we're not doing that, we're not doing what is right. We're allowing evil to go on. Yeah, we should love people, but we should also tell people what they need to hear. What is the solution? The solution is that we be people that love God and serve God and love people, and serve people, and speak the truth to people, that we look at the things that we're teaching in the church and make sure we don't have error, that we don't allow the world to come in and affect us in our life, but we still love those people. We need to be aware of what Jesus thinks about my church. It's his church, isn't it? It's his church. Now we begin with the gospel. Let me end with the gospel. Jesus, the son of God, died for you on a cross and rose again. Jesus had no sin. Sin separates us from God. We cannot get rid of this sin ourselves. Therefore, our destination is hell. But God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Salvation is free. It's a gift. Just receive it. Jesus died for you. He was perfect. He never sinned once. He paid for your sins on a cross. And by believing in him, you have eternal life. That has to be the main thing. We need to keep telling that message because we love our Lord Jesus Christ. For by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Works are good, but they don't save. Salvation is by faith alone in Jesus Christ alone. Maybe you need to believe. Maybe you need to receive the gospel. Don't wait. Receive Jesus Christ by faith today before it's too late. And we'd love to help you with any spiritual questions you have about eternal life about serving the Lord, please contact us at 1-800-78-GRACE or go to our website, ingraceradio.com. Let me also remind you that InGrace has some great television episodes. You can watch tomorrow night on TBN, the largest Christian television network in the world, or you can watch anytime on YouTube or Roku. So let me encourage you to find our YouTube InGrace channel. It's a lot of fun, and we'll go diving again this uh, Wednesday tomorrow on TBN or anytime on Roku and check out God's incredible creation underwater. And we'll be also featuring part three of that on the radio this Friday. 
Now, let me remind you that we have a free prophecy chart that goes along with our Armageddon's Dawn series that we're in right now. You can contact us today and get that for free. You can print it out at home or we can mail you a copy. IngraceRadio.com is the web address or 1-800-78-GRACE. IngraceRadio.com, 1-800-78-GRACE. Again, this is free and this is the way that we can equip you to make sure you understand what's coming in the future. We also have the full-length 43-part audio series, Armageddon's Dawn, on our website, and an eight-part video series. These are great resources that I think will really bless you and help you, and this will get you all geared up to know what's coming and to be able to be more effective in sharing the gospel with other people. Contact us today, 1-800-78-GRACE. Are you ready for an end times journey of biblical proportions? Get the stunning Armageddon's Dawn Prophecy Chart for free. Or give any amount and receive the incredible Armageddon's Dawn eight-part video series. Plus, you can order the 43-part audio preaching series. Contact InGrace today at 800-78-GRACE, ingraceradio.com, or write to InGrace at P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Thank you for joining us on In Grace Radio with Jim Scudder Jr. In Grace is a member of the Evangelical Council for Financial Accountability. Our goal is to share the light of Jesus to a darkening world, helping you find hope, gain purpose, and be a light. You can be that light today by joining our mission to spread the gospel around the world. Just call us 800 78 Grace or go online ingraceradio.com. You can also write to us at InGrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Tune in tomorrow as we continue to explore God's Word and His world on InGrace Radio. Radio.